about Garth. All right, so Dabrinsky. Dabrinsky. Garth Dabrinsky. Let me say this, and then Joe, you can uh, give a lot of details about it if you want. Sure. But what really was almost like it was comical to me in a sense that people producers like this exist at any level really interesting to know that no matter what level you achieve there's going to be people like this in theater yeah you know what i'm saying because we've worked not to name any names but there have been people that would produce shows in this area who are no longer in this area mm-hmm. that literally just blackballed themselves and blackball themselves out of multiple areas yes yes exactly and even when you rise up the ranks to the professionals you're still going to encounter shady shady people shysters yeah so this so let me get this straight so this i'm guessing garth jabinski is or was a broadway producer who was like fraud fraudulent or fraud, frauding people out of money in or? 2009 he went to prison for five years for fraud really um theater related i believe uh though from canada in canada yep. in canada what was he doing um just not paying people yep uh and like, and like actually so he's the producer of paradise square um, which just won some Tonys. One Tony, two Tonys? Um, I think two. Maybe. I, I can't remember. Um, but um, he wasn't paying the workman's comp like insurance, and they had to stop production. That's why they missed the performance ones, because workman's comp came down there and, and forced them to write a check mm-hmm. so that they can be covered. Um, he would constantly be arguing with the artistic directors about like, oh, we don't need to do that. We can we can cheap out and do this here to try to save money because he was out of money. So right now there are multiple lawsuits against him to finish paying set designers, finish paying um, mm-hmm. artistic directors, and I think they finally got all of the cast paid up. Um, but the current situation is if he doesn't pay all his outstanding bills production-related within the year, then the four artistic people who have not been paid yet will then own the rights to the show. Wow. What yeah, a recent, crazy. Uh, recent uh, court um, filing. Oh, I hope he doesn't set. pay then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, in his lawsuits, like uh, Joe said, they ended up he ended up making, you know, the actors whole and paying them but that was he i believe the lawsuit for that was 200k oh yeah like sure like that's what he owed all the actors and then for the lawsuit that's still going on with like the set designers Mm -hmm. just like you know lighting designers like the behind the scenes people it's still that's over like a hundred and fifty thousand that he owes them right so he's on the do not work list right if you're a union actor um or whatever you're not allowed to work for him yeah so so what's going on with the is the show currently running on broadway still the show 
It's it, closed. It closed. Yeah, closed mid, okay. mid July. Of all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um, I gotta look at this guy. This guy, he produced uh, a bunch of stuff in Canada, like uh, Phantom of the Opera's first production in Canada was him. Uh, when Joseph went to Canada, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Showboat, Ragtime, Sunset Boulevard, Fosse. Um, he was a part of all that. He did um, like nine or ten movies. Um, but then he got out of the arts entertainment business pr- producing to open up Livent, which is basically uh, Canada's version of Live Nation, which is a garbage company um, that no one ever should want to do business with. He just looks he looks chaotic. Like That's just, one way to do it, yeah. Like visually, like I, I don't know, I I guess I'm judging a book by its cover, but like he's know. matching, he's matching exactly what you guys are saying. I know that's probably wrong to yeah. do, but no, I mean, like he's got that kind. Of, oh gosh, yeah, I don't like this man. Fuck that guy. And then his also his uh, um, executive, like the person who he hires to manage a show. Um, I can't remember what role that is. But he's someone who completely buys into this guy's garbage, and he's just like, "No, yeah, we don't need to do this." They, um, he's the one guy getting paid, though. That's why, right? Exactly. There was exactly. a fight scene, or something that. Oh, they cut their tech week or their tech run. Um, it was supposed to be four weeks. They cut it down to four days to save money, and they didn't do tech for so many different things. Like it's a multi-level set. So because of that, there was an actor who lost three fingers because, like, the first time the actor tried to climb up the ladder, something gave way. Uh, now that actor is, like, out of Broadway and doesn't plan to try to return fingerless. Um, like, like that's the type of stuff that's been going on with him. What? This sounds. This doesn't sound real. I didn't. I know. I didn't. I didn't read that. Oh, I, I went down a wormhole. Oh, my gosh. You totally did. That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. How does this happen? Like, how can people? And I no, you know, I'll tell you this much. I'm not surprised because we don't change. Like, we no matter how much we know, whether it's politics, business, when we know that someone, some company is shady, when we know this information, we just act like it can't change, and we just keep going as a just a general public of people. Uh, there's a few people that'll fight, you know, fight. Sure, but as an overall like arching you know, overarching kind of characteristic of people. It's like we just kind of let these people do their thing. I mean, look at the Oh, yeah, the, the that's local... why we have certain phrases like it is what it is or that's Manny being Manny. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's just we're making excuses. The lesser of two evils, you know, like we, uh, we well, say stuff like that. Uh, his and... generation used to do it this way right. to excuse it. Yeah. So I sit here and think, we sit here and go, how can this happen? But I'm not surprised at all that this happens, even at the top levels, you know, just – complete it's it's like our high school theater directors taught us one way and the mm-hmm. real reality of it all is that they're like oh no they just fucking do whatever they want at any level you know the professionalism that we learned in school or in education just right out the window yeah, yeah. i think no, no go ahead if you like i think his thing was he was able to align himself with certain names like bringing phantom of the opera to canada for the first time uh, to set up that production in, I think it was Toronto, um, that you have some clout. So people were like, oh, yeah, but if he doesn't pay me once or twice, but I get to be in Phantom, that's fine. You oh. know, like, because people want to make it, people, 
wanting to make it, quote unquote, make it as an artist will get you to excuse so much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it goes back. You said that he had one person that always just backed him up. The guy's name is Jeffrey C-H-R-Z-C-Z-O-N. Wow. I don't know how to say that, so I didn't want to try. Um, but I think this guy came in and, like, guns blazing, I'm a dickhead. Like, and then Garth Dabrinsky backed him up. Oh, okay. Like, he has a, like, hey, do whatever you want. Do whatever we need to do to save money and cut costs. Um, if, if you want to do it, I'm going to back you up no matter what you do. Oh, so they just went with the very ineffective bad cop, bad cop approach. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, All right. Like That's an interesting yeah, way of doing bad it. Cop, bad cop, bad chief. Whatever, yeah, like, who knows? <laughs> bad cop, worst cop. That's right. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, do not work list. So what that... Is- that's the, 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 the story of good old Garth. Garth. Man, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, I guess. I, I was a little bit surprised, because you would think that the, the higher you go up, there'd be more professionalism. But I guess at the same time, no matter where you are, there are people that are just... Conniving. Yeah. They could just get in there and... Ruffle feathers. Sink their teeth into certain areas. Yeah. They just know how to slowly poison something from the inside. You think they just, like, get off on it? They love this. To, like, I don't know. I don't know either. I I think that, I don't know. The man's been arrested already. He's already served a prison sentence. Like, he knows what he needs to do to do it right. So he's got to be getting off on it. He's got to like this. I don't know. Like, I think he likes to have his name in the lights. And, and he, this is the producer that did this. I brought Fosse, you know, to Canada um, to have all these accolades attached to his name. And I, I imagine that it might be more along the, the lines of desperation. Like, I, I don't have enough money to make this work. We need to cut tech week. We need to do this. Yeah. And I think he's doing, in his mind, just doing whatever he needs to do to make it work to get this shit the show must go on even if we're three fingers short Ugh. we just gotta keep going yeah he's not like a cute nathan lane you know producers <laughs> producer exactly no i want to see the producers come back with this guy oh like wow. this type instead like the reimagining the reimagining no just... set right <laughs> <laughs> no direction nothing probably a casting couch uh, definitely <laughs> sounds like that type of guy oh man well there you go the trials and tribulations of good old garth garth Trubinsky. um so friday night this past friday night okay i actually i'll start with friday night and then i'm gonna ask jared a question about, about my Friday night? Or? No, about Thursday night. So Friday night, I went to see a show. Okay. A, a concert, not like a like a theater show. Okay. And I saw Coheed. Coheed and Cambria. Coheed and Cambria. Nice. Okay. So now. If Jared and I started a band back in the 90s, it would have been Coheed and Cambria. Yes. 
Yeah, yes. you guys are big fans, right? Love Coheed. Okay, so I, I am not like a fan, but that's not to say that I'm not a fan. I'm just not haven't really been exposed to them sure. that much. But did I'm they expose s- themselves to you? Yes, they did <laughs> everything, and it was glorious. Garth Jabinski's producing that too. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so I have been listening to them more and more, and you know our. Our legal team is a fan. Okay. So she introduced me. Nice. So I saw them live. Let me tell you something. They put on a great show. That's awesome. Like a great show. I didn't know this. All right. So. Where was the show? It was at the Aganis Center, I think. Uh, It was up in Boston. Aganis Arena, BU. Yeah. 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 It was nice. It was really nice. It's cool. Um, So. I didn't know this, but apparently they've created this whole like world almost okay. with like graphic novels and everything. So a lot of their songs are like the from what my interpretation was is that a lot of the songs are linked to the graphic novels that they have. So therefore it's like they're playing the soundtrack to the graphic novels That's because terrific. it tells a story. And then behind them, they had all like uh, screens up, okay? Uh, and then they you would get the visuals from the songs being uh, displayed on like the back wall while they were playing. That's awesome. Wow. So like you could like, I didn't, I knew a little bit about this going into it, but I had no idea what the story was. It would be like if someone said, oh, uh, The Sopranos is about a mob boss. Sure. That's like all I knew. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it, and it was very, very like artistic and extremely theatrical. Wow. And I was like, man, we need to bring... like." metal or rock or something to the Broadway stage. Yes, we do. It would, I love I, this idea. I, it probably would not be well-received at first, but then I think it would find its, like, niche crowd. I think there's a place for it. How, um, do you mean, like, Coheed and Cambia residents on Broadway? Is that what you're saying? Or no, you're no, saying no, no. A metal or hard rock, like, show? A metal or hard rock show. There was actually, um, we talked about this super quickly once, um, the Lizzie Borden musical that they tried to make work right. yes. was, like, metal. Yeah. Um, which I think was a little aggressive for some people. Of yeah. course. Yeah, I think there's a place for it. It'll just take some time to get there. Yeah. Um, if If rap and hip-hop have made their way its way to Broadway. I think there there's a place for it somewhere. Um I, I think that's cool. That that's a really cool idea. And I love Coheed. I didn't know this whole story aspect of it was really they were really, really interesting. So not too dissimilar from like every couple of years at the PPAC you can go watch the Rhode Island Philharmonic play the Harry Potter soundtrack to one of the movies while the cool. movie is on happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. Sure. Yeah, kind of. They didn't have it. Not everything was as animated. Sure. Like it, like it wasn't consistently animated, or you didn't have the visual for the entirety of the show. But a lot of it, you did. Like 
Yeah. So it was really cool, though. This happened on a lot of levels. I played with a band in Providence at the Columbus. Um, like I, I did a couple of gigs with them um, who had a very visual um, – like they set up the band, and they didn't want to worry about, like, are we entertaining enough to watch? So they part of the band's setup is a projector, um, and it's the band's name is 123 Astronaut. Okay. And a lot of the projections have to do with space. Cool. And astronauts and like NASA and stuff. Um, so like that's happening the whole time while the band's playing and the horns are playing and, and whatnot, which is a lot of fun to be a part of, to have something kind of different. Definitely. So that job of being a lead singer or even like someone else in the band, if you're playing an instrument, you're kind of tied to a spot a lot of the time. So yeah. And if you think about the idea of watching a band where no one's really moving, they're just playing your favorite songs, the visual can get very monotonous. Mm. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I love it. Um, so now Thursday night, Jared, you went and you saw Sir Elton. I did. It was fabulous. It rained a little bit, but we just danced in the rain. It was great. That's fantastic. Yeah, he really let... I feel like he left it all out on the table. He just... You know, he really went out with the bang because this is he was like, this is the last time I'm going to be in this area. Um, and he really went for it. It was great. Yeah. There was good energy in the crowd. It was it was a really nice send off. I was thrilled. I loved the song selection. I cried for like 30 minutes. Um, I'm still standing. He played that song. I'm still standing. Oh. And the visuals for yeah, that just yeah, yeah. the coolest part about that. The visuals went through his like whole career. So it included. Um, things from South Park, The Simpsons, Lion King, everything, him falling over. Like, remember he sat on that, uh, that director's chair. I don't remember what it was. It might've been, you know, uh, MTV kind of thing. And he fell off the back of it. Um, but you know what? It made me think that every person on the planet right now who has had access to pop music has spent the majority of their life with Elton John's music. Everybody yeah. on the planet. Lion Everyone King. who's alive. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and who's had access to pop like pop music on a world on this world level. And he's stayed consistently in your life forever. For the entirety of it. That's insanity to me. Yeah, I wanna say I was a senior in college, so this is two thousand five, and I heard a, a like a factoid trivia thing about Elton and it was that he had had the longest run of a song that was on the top 40 chart and it went from like 1977 maybe I think it's earlier than or that prob- maybe earlier than that yeah Potentially. Until like 2000, at that point it was oh, 2005. Oh, so from his first time to his last time. Like a every one song. single year he had oh, a song yeah. that was on the charts. Yeah, Very it's, it's wildness. He's, there's so few people that have that connection with their audience that has gone for this long. I, I think of people that, because I, I, I don't know, I don't have these feelings of every celebrity that I feel like I know them or feel this connection to them or feel emotional about them. Oh, yeah, I absolutely. felt this way about Robin Williams, you know, yeah. growing yeah. up with him yeah. Yeah. and him being there for every year of my life. Um, I don't feel that way about every celebrity, but I feel this way about Elton John. I feel like I've, I, I have eras in my life that I listen to 
I remember having a uh, uh, a portable CD player, and Disc- it was a Disc- yeah, Man. it was a tribute album to Elton John. So it wasn't even Elton, but it was his songs. And every field trip, anywhere I'd go, I'd listen to that CD. Listening to The Lion King before that, uh, getting into his musical theater stuff with Aida and all that stuff. Now I have something in my eye. I'm not crying. Um, but it's just gone forever. My my. You might be crying. I, I feel like I'm going to start. No, there's something in my eye. It's terrible. But no, there's so few celebrities like that or musicians like that that they were there f- for the whole my whole life, every yeah. single part of it. Yeah. Elton was one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, he's an immense talent. Yeah. Um, Special dude. So they had Rocket Man, which movie. was the movie. Yeah. There. Because he already has composed uh, and or written lyrics for Broadway shows, will there be an Elton musical? I mean, there's a oh. Temptations one. There's an MJ one, one about Carol King. I'm, uh, there was a Billy Joel one, Moving Out. Uh, yeah, Moving Out. Moving Out was fabulous. I, again, I'm so flawed with – I'm not consistent with my artist catalog musicals because I would be on board for that. I'd be so yeah. on board with that. And I and Did you watch Rocket Man, Jared? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Loved it. Loved Great. it. Loved it. And you know me. I'm, I, I've said it a million times on this that I don't want to see another artist catalog musical, but I'd be on board for that. I'd be so <laughs> in for it. Well, I think there are certain artists that that – just doesn't apply to because they're just larger than life. Yeah, and, and their Elton are. is. Yeah, and yes. their catalogs are as well, yeah. of course. And Elton is definitely one of them. Yep, agreed. You want to know my next concert that I'm going to see? Sure. And I have to be kind of frugal just because of the trip, but I can't miss it. Do you want to take a guess? Um, is it same realm as Elton John? Realm, but not ugh. It's not even nice to put them in the same category because they are different. Um, so I am going to say that it is one of two bands. Not a band. Oh. Artist. Oh, an artist. Singer. Piano player, too. Writer. Primarily known as a writer, singer, larger-than-life character as well. But not in the same way as Elton. Kenny Loggins. I wish. I love Kenny. Kenny Loggins. They're doing great. a Loggins and Messina reunion this year too, which is crazy. Oh wow. Just two shows. Um That's my guess. My guess will be Everyone I'm thinking of is dead. <laughs> all my favorite all my almost like all my favorite musicians. Um I don't know. Uh Billy Joel. I would love to. Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. Yeah, I almost, I almost said Barry Manilow. No yep. joke. Yeah, Providence. Did, um, the dunk. That's great. That sounds like I, I'd love to go see that show. He has it. Well, August thirteenth. Let's go, guys. We'll talk. We'll do a podcast on the about the show in the wow. car. In the car. That's a that's a week after your birthday. Yeah. Two wow. days before mine. Yeah, we're the August there's, boys. There's so the much. August boys. I have so many birthdays in August. Oh For yeah! For my birthday, I want us all to go see Barry Manilow. We'll get tickets the day of. Cost us like forty bucks, probably. Sounds good. Barry Manilow. Yeah, What's it's gonna be great. Let me just tell a quick story. Go for it. So my we co- have four my, minutes. So my cousin Matt. All right, just because we've touched on these two people in this little jam session, my cousin Matt 
uh, from Rehoboth, Massachusetts. His went address to- is 256 Plain <laughs> no, he Street. Didn't, he doesn't live there anymore. But, no, he was local. Okay. And then he started out. He went to NYU, started being, wanted to be an actor. Long story short, ended up being a musician because he was always a piano player. Started doing uh, auditions for Broadway. Then he started being pian- keyboard two on Broadway. Then he started being assistant musical director, then musical director, whatever, whatever, whatever. During one of, I want to say maybe this was like 20 years ago. I believe, yeah, like 20 years ago, his gig that he had is he was Bette Midler's rehearsal pianist. Cool. All right. And he said that they were doing like a benefit or something somewhere in Manhattan. And she called him up and was like, Matt, can you come here? And he's like, okay, fine. So he went to the benefit. And she's like, I'm having trouble like getting up to this note. I can't remember, whatever. And they're trying to figure it out, and they can't do it. And she's like, well, hold on. And she gets on her cell phone. She makes a phone call. And she's like, all right. She goes, Matt, come with me. And they go into the rehearsal, like the performance space. And she's like, get on the piano here and talk to Barry. <laughs> and it was Barry Manilow. Wow. So he's on the phone with Barry Manilow trying to figure out how to get Bette Midler to be able to hit this note. <laughs> and they're using Elton John's piano. Come on. <laughs> I, su- I swear. Wow. So there you go. I had to tell that story. What do you do after That's that? True. 